Okay, good evening, everybody. Sai. The learning this week is sponsored by the Joseph family. As I shared in the schus of tonight's learning, Yamid Loi, Lazare, Lazare, Zare, Shayom, Shatayim, Tim, Zare, Ad Oilom, Shibig Bench, Behol Milu, the Meta. The learning this week should also be a schuster for Shleim for Henyreiz Abbas Ma'abrocha and Miriam Beil Abbas Nechom Maseir Shara Chaylei Yisrael. So we are right in the beginning of the Malucha of Shol HaMelech. We saw the events leading up to the Malucha of Shol. We saw last week the actual coronation of Shol, which did not quite go as planned. Shol HaMelech, there was a girl al Pi Hashem, and the Urm Betumim. Shol was hiding out, they schlep him out. They see that he's tall, he's handsome, he has the right appearance to be a king. They all say, and things are going great until there's some uh, naysayers who speak up, and as always, one or two naysayers can undo an entire nation's good feelings, and they say, eh, this fellow can't help us, he can't save us, he's nobody. And very quickly, the good feelings depart, and ad that Shol goes back home, and we'll see that according to many, Shol not only went back home, but he uh, resumed life as a normal citizen, although the Pasuk did tell us there were some people, Yireid Vahashem, went along with him, but it seems that to a large extent, Shol had returned to the lifestyle of a regular citizen, and now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Masav of Hasibis, that a story would take place which convinces all of Klai Yisrael that actually they do have a king, and the king needs to be respected, and we'll see that Klai Yisrael, even at the end of this parak, is feeling like maybe they should punish those that spoke disrespectfully at the end of last parak, but this story now will really establish Shaul as a Melch. So we're holding right in the beginning of parak Yud Aleph, and Bez Hashem will try to see the whole parak tonight. So the Pasuk tells us, Ve'ya'al nochash ha'amoyni, so the king of Amin at that time, Nachash, who Kishmoi who was a vicious person, Ishra, people go by the name of Snake, and not usually very nice people, Vayichan al Yavish Gilad. And he attacked a small town, the city of Yavish Gilad, which is on the other side of the Yarding, not from the primary areas of the inhabitation of Kal Yisrael. And he doesn't actually, he encamps, right, you know, besieges the city with a tremendous army. And the people of Yavish Gilad pretty much feel this is hopeless. So they feel their only option is a Yemru kol anshe Yavish Gilad, Yavish, el Nachash. The people of Yavish Gilad tell Nachash, Koreslonu bris ven avdeka. Well, we'll make a treaty, we're going to surrender, we'll sign a treaty, we'll be subservient to you, we'll be, we'll be vassals of yours, we'll serve you whatever you want, total surrender. <coughs> now, Nachash is feeling confident enough that he refuses their offer on the face of things. And he tells them, I'm not just going to make a bris with you for no reason. I don't have to, the Malvin says. I'm in a position of total strength. There's no, you know, you don't dictate terms when you have nothing to fight back with. You, you absolute surrender. I'm going to tell you, really, we should, I should wipe you out. The only way I'm going to let you live, and I'll allow you, I'll be nice and allow you to live as my servants... Every single one of you has to poke out your right eye. And my goal is, it's not just about you, I'm going to show it's going to be a tremendous bush of all of Kal Yisrael. 
So let's go back and discuss these two psukim before we get to the response of the Anshi Yavish Gilad and Klai Yisrael's response. So first of all, we, we did this story suddenly crap up. So obviously, like I mentioned, this was Me'es Hashem to an extent to bring about the Gedula of Shol, but also on a much more practical level, the Mepharshim say that Nachash saw that, uh, you know, Klai Yisrael appoints a king, you know, until that point, Kali Yisrael had never been from the regional powers. Kali Yisrael was, you know, this you know, amalgamation of tribes that occasionally fought for themselves, but they never had a king. They were never a threat to anyone else. All of a sudden, Kali Yisrael is appointing a king, so the neighbors want to knock this down right away before, you know, anyone gets any serious ideas. And we'll see the Pelishtim, who really had the political control over Eretz Yisrael, are not yet even concerned. But we'll see after this story, the Pelishtim also are going to start becoming concerned. But at this point, no one really takes it seriously, that seriously, but, but uh, Nachash wants to really right away knock this Jewish king for a loop and show that he's worthless, he can't protect the citizens. Now, he picked, you see that he wasn't so confident, he didn't come march right into the heart of Eretz Yisrael, he picked an area on the outskirts of Eretz Yisrael. But the truth is, by picking Yavish Gilad, was a particular insult to show personally. Because we know in Sefer Shaiftim there's a story, the story of the story of, of Pelegish Begiva, which is a story how a large Chelik Shev Binyamin was wiped out. It was a civil war in Klal Yisrael. But at the end of the story, Binyamin had no one, there's very few people left from Shev Binyamin, they had no one to marry into. And they ended up marrying ladies from Yavish Gilad. So the the Mokim, Yavish Gilad, was very much interconnected with Shevet bin Yaman, and that means they were really family members of the king. They are family of Shol. So he bedafka picked on the family of the king to really give it to Shol good, and show Shol you can't protect your own family members. Now, this, that he felt confident enough to start up, how you start up, Klai Shol is a big nation, they have a king, so very much, who was Achroi for this? It's those people that laughed at Shaul. And they said, So they really established that Klaisol shouldn't take him seriously. And Shaul didn't have the establishment of a proper kingdom yet. And he didn't have the authority of a king. And because of that, Nochash felt confident to come with this terrible threat against Klaisol. <laughs> so really, you know, it just gives you a, an idea of the depth of what these people did, you know. Sometimes a person just thinks, ah, I just made a joke, you know, okay, they, 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 they're pegay in the covenant of Shoal, and they put all of Kali Sol at risk. And this is something which obviously has ramifications, not on the same level, but, you know, a person thinks, okay, I can, you know, make a little bit of leitzanus in, in a Dabr Chashiv, and you don't realize that the ramifications that come out of it are tremendous. Now, Chazal, interestingly, find that Shoal himself is somewhat responsible. Because Shoal didn't respond harshly to those people who belittled his kingdom, so he, to an extent, the Gemara says, is somewhat responsible that Nachash came and attacked Klai Yisrael. Because if not for him, he, if Shaul had responded forcefully, it would have been a stronger Malucha. And Memele, he never would have came to attack. Now, this Indian that he wanted to poke out the right eyes. So, first of all, obviously it shows what type of despicable person he was. He was a tremendous achzer. He wanted to be Mavazik Klai Yisrael, Lederi Deiris. But the Malvin says that he wanted to make a point here. He was showing them that, you know, you're coming to, you want to make a bris, like I was mentioning before. There's, there's, you know, there's unconditional surrender, and then there's conditional surrender. You're coming to me, 
I have the power in this little village. I come with this massive army, and we're ready to wipe you out. And you're going to start making deals? You don't make deals. You, you, you can't dictate terms. The only way that you have something to offer me, your surrender is not, it's not an offer. It's not, you know, sometimes the offer of surrender in and of itself is something. Instead of fighting, we'll surrender right now. So, okay, we'll get, then we'll give you something back. He says, I don't, I don't need your surrender. You have no way of fighting back anyway. The only way, says, that you could do something for me, in which case I'll let you live, is if you're going to do something that's going to cause busha for all of Kalisol. So in exchange for that, then I'll let you live. So I need you to go and poke out your eye. And the whole point is it should be like he says in the Pasuk, that it should be v'santia cherp al Kalisol. You're offering me a way of embarrassing all of Kalisol, then I'll let you live. Now, this is B'der Chapshat, the story he wanted to really show to everybody that Klal had absolutely no power, tremendous busha for Klal The Medrash tells us, however, Rashi brings it down, that there's really three pshatim that are brought in the Medrash. What it means, he wanted to wipe out the ayin of Klal One pshat is that he wanted, to, uh, he wanted to wipe out their archers, another pshat was the Sanhedrin. But the most interesting pshat in the pshat that Rashi over here brings down that hevi'uli sefer teiraschem she nitna biyamin. Why is it called the the right eye? Because the sefer teira is the eye of Kali Yisrael, and it was given biyamin Kalish Baruch that biyamin ay eshdas lamay. And he says, I want to burn the teira. Why? She kasev boy leyavi amayni meyavi bekal Hashem. The teira that says leyavi amayni bekal Hashem. I want to I want to burn that, right? We find this is something apparently Amin and Moev is very insulted about this. We find that also by the Zman of the Chorban, the Gemara says they were running to find the Sefer Teira, the salt from Amin and Moev to wipe out that chalik of the, of, of the Teira. Wanted to wipe out this, it says, the Teira that says, <coughs> So the Musa and Avim says a nice Havon of why, why is Amin and Moev so bothered? Okay, so they don't want to marry you. You don't marry them. You're, you know, you're stronger than that. What, what does it so bother them? He says that the Indian of So we know the Pasuk tells us because they didn't come out to greet us with food. It means that there are people who they were coffee for the the father of Amin Amoyev for for um, for Light, and they should have had a car and instead they act in this manner. Someone who has such a lack of decency in a car they're Incompatible, their genes are just incompatible with Klaisol. Klaisol is Rachmonim, that's who we are as a people. So, in essence, when we say, mm-hmm. what we're saying is, is that Klaisol is an Amanivcha, we're special, we're unique, we have miles that you don't have. And it's not just, you know, we don't like you as a people. It's trying to show that Klaisol is elevated above Amanimoyev, that we're on a higher level and you're. Not up to that level, and therefore Amin and Moiv found this way. Bothers me. I want your other Abba. We're stronger than Klai Yisrael, and we're going to make you burn your Sefer Torah and renounce this whole concept of being on a higher level, higher than Klai Yisrael. And the emphasis is that there's really a tremendous time in Anshiyavish Gilad, is that they are coming and they say we want to be Kairis Bris. And the Torah says like Sidra Shleima. So Nachash himself respond, is responding, you know, very cynically that you have to destroy the Torah that says you're not allowed to be Bishalom with us before we can make a Bris. Of Shalom with you. So, what do the Anshi Yavish Gilad respond? So, the Anshi Yavish Gilad respond with tremendous chachm. They say, Give us seven days. 
We'll send messengers throughout all of Klai Yisrael. Then Ein Meshia will send, come save us. No one wants to come and save us. Ein Meshia Yisanu. Then we'll come out and we'll, 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 we'll submit and we'll subject ourselves to these terrible terms. So, you know, probably Nachash wasn't excited for this concept of, you know, uh, give me time to call for the help. You know, when, a, when a bandit comes to your house and you tell them, let me, let me see if the police will come. I want to call the police, see if they come and save me. But his whole tiny to them was, we want to embarrass Kali Yisrael. We're going to poke out your eyes. We want to show that, that Kali Yisrael is helpless. So it says, you know, that doesn't show anything. This is one little village. You come with a massive army. Of course you can defeat us. You want to show that Klai is helpless, so let's, we'll go and call for Klai for help, and let's see. If they, if they don't respond, then you're right. Klai is helpless. So they sort of back Nachash into a corner that you have to give us a chance to call for help, and let's see. Otherwise, your whole, your whole point has no point. And he's coming over here as a Balgaiva. I could do it. And I'm not scared of all Klai I want to embarrass all of Klai. So it says, if you want to embarrass Klai, so let, let us get, have time to go and send out and see if someone will help us. And the truth is that Yavish Gila, that, that, that Nachash obviously either was not afraid of this or it could be that he himself was sort of testing the waters and he was curious to see what Shaul would do. And he wanted to see if he'd get a forced response, maybe he'd withdraw. This was a way of sort of testing the metal of Shoal and see what type of king he is. He came with this, you know, very, uh, very, uh, you know, this, this, this threat was a tremendous chutzpah. And Aideze, he wants to see what Shoal's response is going to be. And so one other interesting mahalach, the Saifim says that they told, so Admichitana says, that they told Nochash that we would really submit to your terms right away. He says, you know what's going to happen? You're going to go back home, and all the rest of the Jews are going to say, how could you do this? It's so embarrassing to us, and they're going to kill us for submitting to your terms. So, you know, we're going to be stuck in the middle. You're not going to want to be here to defend us. So we're, we're willing to give, submit to your terms. Just you got to let us, just for, to save face, we're going to send to Klai Yisrael. They're not going to come and help us, and they're not going to come help us, but at least then we'll, then, then we'll come back to you and poke out our eye. If they come later with tainas on us, we'll say, you can't complain to us. We, 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 we sent you for help. You didn't, send, you didn't come help us. So he's understanding that, you know, they were, trying, they, they were worried that Nachash would be scared of this. So they bedafka told it to Nachash in a way that, you know, it's just as a formality. We're going to send for help, and they're not going to help us, and then we'll be able to uh, submit to your terms. Uh. So the people of Yavish Gilad ask Nachash for seven days, give us time, we'll send out messengers, we'll see if anyone's going to come and help us, and Nachash agrees. Yitachin Mo'ayin, Farshim say that his gaiva, Pasha, didn't allow him to back down. Because now, if he's going to back down, then he looks weak. So he was stuck, he agrees. So the messengers, now if you notice, their message to Nachash, they were smart. They said, we're going to send Malachim Bechol Gvul Yisrael. They didn't mention the king. I guess they were worried that Nachash would be suspicious, he would be scared. They didn't want to play up the fact that Kali Yisrael had a king. So they said, we're going to send throughout all of Eretz Yisrael. But the messengers went straight to give us Shol. They understood we have a king. If there's anyone who's going to save them, at this point, it's only going to be Shol. So, Shol happened not to have been home, and he wasn't there. So, you know, they came, and they told their tsar to the people in the city. 
all the people in the town became tremendously distressed. Apparently, this threat of Nochash, you see from here, it was not just you know, a small band of soldiers because they could have all gone to save them. They, they felt this is a hopeless situation. They all began to cry, Machmasar, of the terrible situation that they're in. Now, the posse continues, Vihine Shol Bo Achre Habakar, Shol came behind the cattle, Minasada from the field, Vayemer Shol Mala Om Kiyivku, and Shol asked, What's going on? Why is everyone crying? Vayisapru Loy is Divrei Ancheyovish, and they tell Shol what had been told to him. Vatitzlach Ruach Alikim Al Shol, and Shol is Ruach Vakalish Borch, will discuss us what this means. Rests upon Shaul, he gets this tremendous ruach of Hakadosh Baruch comes over him. When he heard this, he becomes extremely angry. What is his response? And we'll go back and discuss the psukim. He takes a pair of cattle. He cuts it up into small pieces. He sends it throughout all of Klal Yisrael with messengers. Anybody who does not come out to war together with Shaul and Shmuel, this is what's going to happen to his cattle. In short, he's threatening their assets if they're not going to come to battle. The king has a right to do that. And the Pachad of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was on all Kal Yisrael. And they all came out as one person to fight against Nachash. So now let's go back and discuss this psukim. So first of all, the pasuk says, He's coming behind the bakar. What does that mean? So the Radak learns at Kipshutai that he was mamish. He was, you know, he was, he was farming. He was going with his cattle. He was farming. And uh, which is a taino on him. Could be that he wasn't acting with the covet of a king. And Lefize, he mamish, went fully back to living like a regular citizen because he saw that Kali is not treating him like a king, so he went back to regular life. What's he going to do? He's going to start making other people farm his animals for him if he's anyways not successfully being a king. So he was, he was a regular farmer. That's other Adak learns. However, others, Rashi brings that <laughs> he came back, just, it's just Pasuk's just giving us a time frame, he came back at the same time that the, right after the cattle had returned from the fields. That's when Shoal happened to come into town. Of course, Shoal wasn't a farmer. I, what's the point? Why does Pasuk have to mention he came after the Barker? So the Pasuk's coming to tell us, Zakdam album, that you want to know why he cut up his Barker, because that was the first thing that came to his sight. He comes in, and he comes right behind the cattle, and he hears this news, and this Ruach of of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes over him. So he right away takes the first thing that's at hand, which is the cattle, and he cuts it off. So the Pasuk's just telling us a reason for why Shoal chose the cattle as a method of sending out this message to Klai Shoal that whoever doesn't come, their, their assets are going to be confiscated. Now, the Pasuk tells us that the Ruach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu came over him. So the Malbim says that we see here the tremendous difference. You know, we had this whole long story of Shaul's Meshich HaLemelech and everything that led up to it, and we said that he became a Navi. What was the 
actual effect of that. So like the Malam, you see in these Pesukim, you see the tremendous difference between a Melech that was Nimshach and had the Ruach HaKadosh Baruch over him and a regular person. The regular citizens of Eklai, so they heard the news, what happens? They start crying in despair. Shaul, because he had this special Ruach within him, so he hears the news and the Ruach HaKadosh Baruch comes over him. He becomes filled with anger at the person who dares to be Pegei in the covenant of Eklai Yisrael. And he's right away ready to go to battle. So this is a manifestation of the fact that he was appointed and made a melech al-Yedei And the Abarbanel says that this ruach was a ruach of nevuah and kedusha that comes on a person. It's, it's the lowest level of nevuah. Sometimes this person has a special ruach of siyat deshmai. It's, it's, it's more like it's, it's a level of ruach ha-Kaidish that comes over a person where this special ruach enables him to do tremendous things he otherwise wouldn't be able to do. So this tremendous ruach comes over Shaul, he's ready to do battle, and what does he do? He takes these cattle, he cuts them up, and he sends them throughout all of Klai Yisrael. So obviously at one level he's just sending a message that he's prepared if Klai Yisrael is not going to listen, anybody who doesn't listen, his assets will be confiscated, and it's a threat. But on another level there's a message here. The Malbim says that he was sending Klai Yisrael a very important message. He sent them a message that just like a piece of meat, cut up piece of meat, it's, it's, it's not, it has no chiyas, has no life, has no ability to do anything. It's only when the cow is alive and it's together as one that the cow is useful, it plows the field. So he was telling them as a nation, if we're going to be separate little pieces, we're nothing. The only way we have a chance of living is we have to come together by achtas, and we'll come together with achtas and chiyas, we'll be matzliach to fight against the enemy. <coughs> now, the Pasuk is interesting. It doesn't say that they're afraid of Shaul. The Pasuk says, even though he made a threat, it says, that there was a Yerushalayim that came over Klai Yisrael. And this Yerushalayim caused they all came out mamish with a tremendous achtas. What's pshat? Pshat is that when they saw that they had a Melech who stood up with such gevura to defend them, they realize now that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's appointment as a king was the right appointment, and that the HaKadosh Baruch Hu had given them the gift of a melech, although maybe they didn't deserve one, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them a melech who was going to defend them, and suddenly they had a tremendous year Shemayim came over them, and it was this year Shemayim that prompted all the Klai Yisrael to, to come out. And so the Dasaifim points out, interestingly, or maybe someone else pointed out, that more people come to fight now then in the battle against Amalek, which is going to be soon, which you'd think more people come out, some Chamas Mitzvah, but this battle, he has the most, the most soldiers come out to fight in this battle. Why? Because they had this tremendous Pach Hashem that came over them, Machmas, the fact that, uh, that they saw the tremendous Gvur and they saw this Ruach HaKadosh Baruch that came over him. Was Shmuel behind this? So Shmuel, we don't see, even though he says, oh, he referenced Shmuel, so Babanel says, that he referenced Shmuel, but Shmuel wasn't actually there. His authority came from Shmuel, and he was saying that if anybody didn't want to come with his authority, he's coming with the authority of Shmuel. So he referenced Shmuel, but Shmuel at this point doesn't seem like he was there. Now the Pasuk continues, Shmuel counts Klal Yisrael Bebazik. What's Bazik? says two pshatim, either Pasha Pshat, it's a place, and just telling us where it happened, but Chazal tell us Yifkadeim Bebozik actually refers to little Bozik as little shards of pottery, and he counted Kaisal, every soldier gave him a shard of pottery, and they counted them that way. Why? Because we know that there's a Kisisis Meisrael, that you don't, you don't count Kaisal by people, because it's Vayyia Negev, Pefkoide Sam, so he counted them indirectly with Bozik. 
And what was the result of this count? There's 300,000 of Kal Yisrael and another 30,000 from Yehuda. Why is Yehuda counted separately? So this has to do with either the fact that Yehuda was mighty warriors or because Yehuda had a certain chashivas and Shaul didn't want to take away from that chashivas. He wanted to show them even though that really Loyosa Shevet Yehuda, the Melech is supposed to be from Yehuda and I'm from Benyamin, but I still recognize the Yehuda is the special Shevet and Yehuda was given special covet over here. Now, they now prepare for battle. But before he goes to war, he sends a message. He told the messengers originally come from Yavesh, Gilad. Go back to Yavesh, Gilad. Tell the people. Tomorrow. By the heat of the day, tomorrow you'll already be saved. Messengers came. They told the people of Yavesh. They smoke when they were tremendously happy. You can imagine. Now, why did he have to send the messengers back? So first of all, Pasha does this that they shouldn't be sitting b'pachad. But the Mepharshim say that Yitochen that this is already the seven days was up. And they needed to know to hold out for one more day because the salvation was coming. And we'll see the Yavish Gil Taka are going to send the message to Nachash to stall for just a little bit more time. So it sounds like the time attack expired. And uh, therefore... They needed to send the message and tell them, just hold that one more day, help is coming. Now, it's interesting, the Lashon of Shaul, and Mama Shizeb says, the, the, by, by noon tomorrow you're going to be saved. You see his tremendous betochen, HaKadosh Baruch he was confident of the victory to the extent he promised when it would be by. So, the people of Yavish Gilad, they needed to stall for time, so we're going to come out tomorrow. You can do what you want. So, they said something which is, they tricked Yavish Gil, they tricked Nachash, they told them, oh, we're going to come out tomorrow, they meant, you know, tomorrow you're going to be defeated, but uh, they let Nachash think tomorrow they'd be giving in to his demands, and the Mepharshim understand, because it must have been the end of the time, and he had to respond to something. But I saw the, the Minchikitana says, maybe a different pshat, why they had to send back to Nachash, we're coming out tomorrow, you know, just keep quiet, wait for the cavalry to come to save the day, it says because it's Yitochen Ma'oid that, you know, if he besieged the city, so he allowed messengers, they had to ask permission for messengers, so all the messengers came out, messengers came back. He wants to know, okay, what was the message that was given over? And if the message, given, if they would tell Nachash, oh, tomorrow is a large army coming, that would be very detrimental to Klai Shol's attempts to fight Nachash and be prepared. So Mamela, they, they tricked him. They said, oh, the messengers came back and said that no one wants to help us, and therefore tomorrow we're, we're going to give in, tomorrow we're coming out to let you poke out our eyes. And Mamela that night, you can imagine, Nachash was sitting very peacefully in his camp, not expecting anything. And what happened? The next day, Shol split the people into three groups. He surrounded from all different sides the camp of 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 Nachash. They attacked in the morning. Hashemir Sabaikir is a man of Yeshua for Tzadikim. And Takim Amashishol predicted they, they defeated, they, they hit Amin. They, 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 they had a tremendous victory over Amin until midday. And by that point, by Hian Nisharim, by Yefutsu, whoever was left over was totally spread out. There wasn't two soldiers together from Amin left. Every, everyone else had pretty much been killed. There was only lone survivors that remained. Now, 
the Mefarshim Adaik, the Lashon Vayavoyu Besecha Machna, that they didn't even have to fight. It doesn't say that they Vayuachim. It says they came into the camp, Vayuku, and they gave them a tremendous Hakka. What happened? There was Poshet Mesa Kodesh Baruch Hu. The second they arrived, the Kodesh Baruch Hu gave tremendous Siyat the Shemaya, and the uh, Amun just started running for, the, for their lives. And this is something we see throughout Tanakh that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to win a battle, it doesn't have to be regular fighting. And this is how it was here, that the people of Amun just panicked when they showed up. <coughs> now, we're running out of time, and I want to finish the parak, but it's Kedai to take a look. Time in the, the Balturim, take a look afterwards, Balturim says over here, it's, he brings us a few places only in Tanakh where it says Kechayim HaShemesh and Kechayim HaYoyim, Avram, Yoshua, Pesach HaOyel, very interesting Balturim, Ayin Shom. So, Zog the Pasuk Vaiter. Vayim Yimachras, Vayosem Shol, I'm sorry, I just went backwards. Vayemer HaOmel Shmuel, Mi HaOmer Shol Yimel Chalenu. So at this point, obviously Shmuel's here. We don't know when he arrived, but Shmuel's now here. And they told Shmuel, who is that who said, Shol Yimlech Aleinu, Shol is going to be the, they, they made a joke, Shol Yimlech Aleinu, sarcastically, who, Shol is going to be a king, give us those people, they were murdered by Malchus, we want to kill them. Shol says, no, no one's going to die today, today is a day of salvation for Kal Yisrael, and it's not befitting to ruin the Simcha Yidei, putting people to death. I'm Meichel them. And Be'etzim, he had the right to be Meichel them. Maybe Chazal see this as a, as a tiny and show that he shouldn't have been Meichel them. Now, the truth is that although maybe Shoal was Meichel them, and maybe they had a point originally in not listening to Shoal because the people hadn't accepted his kingdom. But that was a problem. Shoal had now proven himself, but now we had to reestablish that the kingdom is actually... A solid monarchy, and that people have to serve Shaul. Therefore, we have to go and we have to re-anoint Shaul as king. We have to now we're going to treat him properly. We appreciate now that he's a king; he could save us, and we have to uh, restart the kingdom. They re-anointed Shaul as king with Neashem the Gilgal. They broke her bonus, and all of Klaus was tremendously happy. They had a king, a king who would save them. They appreciated the gift that Kalish Baruch had given to them. And the Malucha is now firmly established. Shoal is firmly the king. And next week we'll see Shmuel now takes this opportunity to give Klaus some tremendous muster, which Bez Hashem will see next week.